Hey guys, GBC podcast number 62. I'm Courtney Weiss. Now I'm Shane Blankenship. Hey, we missed you last week. Nathan did a good job. He did a good job, and uh, I missed preaching last week, but I'm glad that I was able to be here and glad that he was able to to, to get up in the pulpit and bring a message and um, get to have that opportunity to kind of coach with him and, and talk with him. And so, yeah, so I, I, I miss preaching when I don't preach because yeah. I love to do it, you know, yeah. um, certainly a calling on my life. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we get to have that opportunity and I'm excited to be up this Sunday. Yes. Well, what's your what? What are we talking about? <laughs> um, so I lifted the title of my message straight out of the movie Dumb and Dumber. Our favorite. Um, and uh, I'm I'm calling it. So you're telling me there's a chance. Uh, and really, the whole idea of that concept is. Um, Sometimes uh, we make poor decisions. We make poor choices. Um, you know, we we're moving in a direction that was not the best for our life. Sometimes we're just flat out disobedient. You know, we don't listen. Um, and yet, time. in the midst of all of that, God is still good, and He's still merciful, and He's still grace. And the fact that He even shows us mercy and grace when we are flat out disobedient, um, when we flat out knew the right thing to do, but we didn't do it, um, the direction we needed to go, but we didn't go there. Mm. Um, and he shows up and gives us an out, or he shows up and is good to us in the midst of that. That's where the whole, so you're telling me there's a chance, that there's still a chance, right? You, that you have not, um, you've not set the direction of your life. Like you may have chosen that direction, but God is ultimately determining um, the direction of our life, right? He's got a plan for us. Um, he knows the plans that he has for us. Um, and so, you know, specifically in the, the passage that I'm looking at in Acts chapter 27, God is, um, God has already determined that Paul will stand before Caesar in Rome, that he's going to stand trial before Caesar, which is going to be Paul's, you know, greatest platform, if right. you will, uh, to declare the gospel. And he's going to do it to the head of Rome. Um, but man, Paul goes through so much before he ever gets there. He suffers a lot. He struggles a lot. He, I mean, he goes through prison and, um, I mean, he's beaten for it. He's you know, whipped for it. Um, he's, he goes through a lot of crap <laughs> mm. before he ever gets to Rome to include this passage I'm preaching um, from, but he's going to, he's going to be in a shipwreck. Um, and it wasn't his own choice or his own choosing. Um, and yet, even even though um, the people who are in charge in that moment don't listen to Paul, um, God is still gracious, um, and the grace that He and the favor that He has for Paul is going to pour over on the people that are with Him, and they get a second chance too. Well, I think it's interesting just to get a little bit more detailed um, that the first time He warns the guys on the ship, uh -huh. I mean, he's a prisoner. Yep. Um, I, I said earlier, he must be a likable guy, but I mean, like he got a warning from, is, was it a vision or a dream? Yeah. Yeah. God, God showed um, Paul in a vision or a dream, if you will, that, um, um, that if they set sail, that it's going to end in disaster, which yeah. it does, it, you know, it ends in disaster. Now it doesn't end in the loss of life. God grace, graciously gives them that, but it doesn't end in disaster. So he stands up. So, you know, the, the backstory is, um, Paul is, this is the kind of the final leg of his journey. He's going to be transported, um, you know, from Judea, from that area to, um, what, you know, modern day Italy to Rome. Um, and, um, to get there, they're going to cross the Mediterranean, right? That's the best way. That's the fastest way um, to get there, but it's wintertime. So seas are getting rough. Storms are notorious on the Mediterranean. So it's just not a good time to travel. And they realize, hey, it's winter. We need to just 
you know, stay somewhere for the winter. Um, so they, they port, um, and they port up in a place and I don't, you know, I don't know all the details. The Bible doesn't give us uh, a ton of details, but it's, you know, they hadn't been there very long when, um, the, whoever the officer is in charge of the Romans, of the Roman soldiers on board and the pilot kind of put their heads together and say, Hey, there's a better place that we can winter. Um, it's not far from where we are, but we can just travel over there, you know, be much more convenient for us, you know, better, better hotels, better food, better bars, you know, better shopping, that kind of a thing. So they, they're like, all right, we're going. Well, Paul stands up and says, no guys, I mean, might sound better, but it's a, it's a horrible idea. God showed me a vision, gave me a vision. And if we set out, we're never going to get there. Um, it's going to end in disaster. Mm. And do they listen to Paul? Well, no, of course they wouldn't. Cause He's a prisoner. Yeah, like he's crazy, right? Like they're like, yeah. you're a lunatic. Just be quiet. Yeah, and so that's right. they don't listen. Nope. But then the second time. Well, the second time they're going to listen. And that's the, the part where I'm preaching because disaster happens. Right. So and after 14 right. days of fighting guy. a storm, and after, after 14 days, and everybody loses hope. Like, all right, we thought we could, you know, storms happen, they pop up, we weather them out. You know, we sail through them, but 14 days later, man, they're not, they're not sailing through this thing. Um, and it's bad. And when they lose hope, they're at the point of desperation, right? They're like, all right, we're going to die. This is, this is it. Um, and that's when Paul is able to stand up and say, all right, guys, um, God sent an angel who appeared before me last night. And, you know, this time when Paul gets ready to speak, they're ready to listen. Yeah, because <laughs> he was it, right. Because he was right. It's happened just the way he said it would happen. Maybe he's not so crazy. Right. Well, and I think it's interesting, too, that God tried more in, in more than one way. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I love that if he doesn't have your ear one way, he might get it another way. For sure. And not that Paul wasn't listening, but like, okay, it didn't work that way. It works this way. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think God, you know, he ultimately still works that way, right? Um, that sometimes God speaks to us and he gives us warning and it's coming through a friend or it's coming through a message or mm-hmm. it's coming through just our personal time with God. And we just kind of ignore it, right? Because we've already made up our minds. Um, we've already set our mind on something, set our heart on something, and we're just going to do what we want to do. Um, and so we ignore it and then and then it doesn't work out well <laughs> or we get in a really tight spot or things are in a bad um, in a bad way. And then we, we get spoken to again <laughs> mm-hmm. or we get reminded or, or somehow it comes up. And it's like, all right, God, now I'm listening. Well, and I think that like it speaks to the obedience of Paul too, because I don't know about you, Shane, but I would have felt really um, stupid having to stand back up and be like, I know y'all think I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. And I get it that it did happen the way that he said that it was going to. And so maybe they, their minds had been turned, you know, but on the other hand, like when, when no one's listening to you, you know, I mean the, the confidence that he must've had to be like, you guys got to listen to me this time. Right. Well, I mean, of course he stands up and, um, when he, when he stands up the second time to speak to him, um, I mean, he leads with men, you should have listened to me. (laughs) (laughs) You were wrong. Uh, Right. Um, so I guess he's given himself a little bit of credibility saying, I told you this was going to happen and now it's happened. Mm -hmm. So will you listen to me now? But that's what I love about him. He was just like, kind of like Elijah, just very like matter of fact and bold, mm-hmm. I guess. Just, am, am I right when yeah. I say that? Oh, I, I think, I, I think so. Um, and, you know, I mean, Paul's got a, he's got a nice resume, you know, yeah. he's, he's, uh, he's an educated man. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a Jew, but he's also a Roman citizen. Um, and I mean, he's seen God do some incredible things, yeah. um, in his life. Um, in, in the, the short time of ministry, you know, that he has, you know, he goes from a guy who was killing Christians 
um, and rounding them up and persecuting them to a man who becomes the voice of, of, of God to the Gentiles, right? Like he's the one starting all these Gentile churches and, and going all across, um, um, go, going basically all across that Roman world, especially in that region, places where, you know, Peter and John and um, those folks, like they, they just didn't go or didn't want to go or um, God didn't use them in that way. So God was using Paul in a very unique way. So I think he's seen some incredible things. Mm-hmm. So that alone's got to boost your confidence, you know. Um, and again, it's not to say not to say that Paul didn't have struggles or trials because he did. Oh my gosh, he had unbelievable struggles and yeah. trials, struggles and trials that I feel like if most of us were going through, we'd just we'd give up. I think it's <laughs> a stop. good example of like using God's power though, because like he knew he was on the what do you want to say like losing end of the stick. You know, he's like a prisoner and. Um, you know, he might've been like a smart guy and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, people listen to him that way or whatever, but I think he was using God's confidence. You know, he was so convicted in his dream or vision that he had. And then the angel appeared before him. It's like, people say that to you today and you're like, um, that's kind of crazy, you know, but Paul was like, no dude, it happened. Yeah. You know, Paul, like Paul's not crazy. He's confident. Yeah. You know, and he's confident. Um, and I, you know, I think there's probably a little bit of cockiness to Paul, um, for sure, but there's a confidence there that is un, unlike cockiness, you know, unlike Eric, cause I don't think Paul was an arrogant person yeah. um, at all. Um, I think he had been humbled and he knew what it was like to be humbled. Um, and so, you know, arrogance and humility, those don't coexist, but he was certainly confident. And I think he's confident because he knows God. Mm-hmm. He knows Jesus. He, he, he not only knows him, but he knows his power and he knows that God can be trusted. And so he's gone through enough storms to know that no matter what happens in this, God's going to have his way. And I think he has this ultimate confidence in this, that he can stand up before, you know, Roman leaders um, who have just immense power in this moment of time. Um, power to, well, guess you what? You ain't making it to Rome. Like you we're going to push you overboard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but he's, he's able to stand up because his confidence in God is overriding any kind of fear, any kind of worry that he may have um, in, in the middle of, of that struggle, you know, and that's not, I feel like that's something that for a lot of, a lot of followers of Jesus today, we know it. Like we know, we right. know what the Bible says about it, if you will. We understand it. Um, but don't have that same kind of confidence that Paul has because we haven't experienced that reality in our own life. And I think that we could experience that reality, but you got to get to a place where you are leaning on, depending on seeing God, living with God, having that time with God to, to have your eyes opened to his work around us. Well, and you always say, you know, I, th- I think it starts with obedience, which we said just a few minutes ago about Paul's obedience, mm-hmm. you know, and you always say like what hangs in the balance of maybe like disobedience. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's where it comes from is confidence comes from being obedient like this much, mm-hmm. maybe like a tiny bit, mm-hmm. a tiny bit, a tiny bit. And then he sees all these amazing things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and, um, I, I wonder how much we miss out on. I know. Because, um, we're just like, well, it doesn't matter. It's a you small know, thing. It's a small thing. And it's just the small things that add up to huge things. And uh, yeah, we, we never know what hangs in the balance of our willingness to be faithful or in our disobedience in a moment. And you know, this past Sunday, that was one of the things I shared um, at the 830 service because um, Hannah baptized Paige. 
And part of Paige's story to get baptized was she saw Kate Wintuska get baptized a couple weeks before. Um, knew she hadn't been baptized, needed to get baptized. It was Kate's baptism that Hannah did so cool. um, that spurred her on to say, I need to do this. And not only do I need to do this, but I want my daughter to experience it. I want my daughter to hear that I believe that Jesus Christ is the living Son of God. I want her to hear that pr- profession of faith That's from cool. me. Yeah, um, in front of everybody. In front of everybody. Yeah. Well, and I, so I made a point of it at the 1130 service, and Kate was sitting on the second row, um, and I said, Kate, you had no idea. There's no way you could have possibly known that at your baptism, there would have been someone here for the very first time who witnessed your baptism who said, you know what, I need to get baptized. It's amazing. We couldn't. We couldn't have planned that, right? We couldn't have. We couldn't have orchestrated that. There's no way. Didn't even know who she was. Right. Um, but oh, the, by the way, she got there by the invitation of somebody else who said, "You know what? You should come to church with me." Um, and so all these little things. Yeah. What if the person that just did? Oh, I'm not going to invite her to church. Who wants to yeah. go to church on a Sunday? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, and that's what I was just thinking about Paul too. Like, what if he shook off his dream? Is like, oh man, I must have been really hungry last night. I Absolutely. had a weird dream. You, you know, he just so connected. To God in the first place, which we know that about Paul. But, I mean, he could have very easily just sold himself short and said that was a weird thing to think uh, about. Yeah, 100%. And I, you know, um, I, right now I'm working on a, I'm calling it a mini-series. Never done a mini-series. It's a mini-series because it's going to have three parts. Um, and um, it's not obviously this Sunday. It's the following Sunday. Um, after that, we'll start the mini-series called Now I See. Now I see. Um, and I totally lifted that out of John chapter 9 because the whole series is from John chapter 9. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach, I think, three messages okay. from John chapter 9. It's all one story, and it's the story of the man who was born blind. I was just going to say, is this the blind what I can see now? Yeah, that's right. And okay. the guy says, you know, you know, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. All I know is I was blind, but now I see. Um, and he says, but now, and now I see, and now I see over and over again, which is why I'm using that for the title. Um, but like in that story, I think one, one of the things I've learned and I've been studying this thing for well, the, this whole week, I've been working on messages and I don't normally get, get an opportunity, but Nathan preaching has, has given me this opportunity to Very start nice. working ahead a little bit. Yeah. So, um, but one of the things that, that I think I am realizing and seeing, or this is a, one of the thoughts that came out of that was, um, there's some things that we're just not going to understand until... Jesus becomes our highest value and our highest priority. Um, Here's where that's coming from. Just a little sneak peek, I guess. Um, When Jesus sees the man, because it it says as he was passing by, Jesus saw him. Mm -hmm. And the disciples saw that Jesus saw him. Okay. Right? So they see that their master sees the man. Um, They're about to pass by, the man born blind, um, and they get involved. You know, Jesus has gotten involved. Now they get involved and they ask a question that you got to give them a little bit of credit for. It's just based off of their culture. Um, it's the culture that they've grown up with. And the question they ask is, Jesus, was, was it this man's sin or his parents' sin? Was that the reason that they were, that they were born this way? And Jesus says, no, it was neither the parents' sin nor his sin. He was born this way so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. So that you could see, right? That's right. Plural. Yeah. So they, yeah. So um, this is going to expose God, who he is, what God is like in a very incredible and very powerful way, right? Um, So um, that whole idea of until, until you see it through the lens of Jesus, until you make him the most priority, until you value him the most, 
they would have not understood, they would not have been able to understand that his blindness was not the cause of some sin in somebody's life. He's right. not being punished. No, the, there is purpose in this, and God has a purpose in it. And there are some purposes that until Christ becomes a sinner that we will never realize, that we'll never see. Until, but when he does, when he becomes a center of the thing, when, when, when he really is that foundational thing for us, we begin to see things differently, more clearly. And we can see God's purpose in it that maybe we couldn't have before. Mm-hmm. I well, I I love just like opening up the spiritual eyes, which I know is slightly different than what you're talking about. But I feel like you do see things differently when your eyes are open, even if they're only open halfway. Well, that's where it's going to go. The spiritual. Oh, okay, the, I good. mean, it's it's going to move from physical blindness to spiritual blindness. So, I can't wait. So it always points yeah. back to God, like a mirror, right? Absolutely. It's just it's Reflecting always him. to show His glory. Absolutely. To bring more people into His kingdom. Absolutely. Okay, I think I got it. Hey, short one today. Thanks yep. for listening. We'll see you Sunday. Yep. See you guys.